This morning, if you have a copy of the scriptures, turn to the 19th chapter of Luke, if you'll do that. I don't believe that I've ever thought about preaching on this section during Christmas, but it's a little different angle. You'll see where I'm going in a few minutes. It's Luke 19, great familiar story if you've been around the scriptures, Zacchaeus, but we'll get there in a few moments. This morning, I just want to talk about making room for Jesus, overcoming loneliness. You know, pastoring over the years, I've learned a lot about the mood swings and emotions and the joys and the depths and the sorrows of the people of God. As a shepherd, you get to walk with them, you get to hear their heart cry, you get to hear their heart rejoicing. And you also, in this season of the year, when there just tends to be so much joy, and we sing about joy to the world, the Lord has come. It's, it's awesome. But also, we want to be sensitive to those around us, or maybe, maybe it's you that I'm talking to today, that this season just amplifies in your heart that joy is not what it was maybe a year ago or five years ago or last week. Maybe some news has come to your life, maybe a health crisis. Maybe there's been a recent divorce. Maybe there's been a death of a loved one. Or maybe just this time of the year, you just grieve because you miss them so much. So today, I just wanted to be sensitive to, to loneliness, thinking about it in this season. Because this season just tends to, if we're not careful, to get us to forget that and just run on and, uh, and not feel the stress of it. I, I love what Dr. James Sales says. I don't like it, but this is what he said. Our Christmases are never as good as the commercial. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but they tend to create that expectation of achievement and joy, and you get everything you want, and everything's tied up in a bow, and the music's just right, and, and I love it when they really, I mean, okay, let's just go ahead. How many of you in this room, I don't know if you would admit it or not, but you like Hallmark movies? Anybody here like Hallmark movies? Well, I do. Okay, I go ahead. I'm a girl daddy, okay? I don't know. And they're a little sappy, and they all have kind of the same line. And you, I mean, you can start watching it in 15 minutes in. You can go ahead and write the conclusion. But there's just something about, you know, they, they usually end up, and he gets the guy, he gets the girl, or the, the dog comes home, or maybe I should write that one. I don't know. But uh, it's just, it, it, it just kind of crazy. But listen to this. I was doing some research on this. It says 42% of Americans say Christmas is stressful. Nearly 60% will carry Christmas debt into the new year. Boy, doesn't that make you encouraged right now? Pull out your wallet. No, okay. And um, 45% say that the financial strain makes them want to skip Christmas altogether. Now, I don't want to ask you in here if you want to skip Christmas because that's, that's not allowed. Because Christmas, I pray that we'll make it about Christ. And we never want to skip Christ and his celebration and his worship and adoration for him. But it could be that, yeah, I want to skip some of the commercialism, and I want to skip definitely the debt, and I want to skip that crazy person coming to my family, and yeah, I want to skip this and this and this, but I don't want to skip that because that's like my favorite, like that's my favorite meal, that's my favorite uncle, that's my favorite friend, that's my favorite time of the year. Do y'all enjoy the music of Christmas? Man, I do. I just, last night as I was studying, I just started listening to music, you know, as, as I do, sometimes I don't is I just meet with the Lord on Saturday nights. And last night I was just listening. I couldn't go to bed. I was just so much song. And this morning early as I rose, I just wanted to listen to the song of this season. It's just amazing. I, I love the concert we had last Sunday night. You can go and watch it uh, at our website, the full concert there. It's really good. But the higher expectations, the greater stress seems to create sometimes in our life. Uh, I don't know about you, but do you ever feel like... Uh, 
uh, that in, in this season, there is an epidemic of loneliness, though, that I'm describing today, that there are some people that are just kind of struggling. One said, a documentary said, there's an epidemic of loneliness today. It's true. Even in a world that in one way, it is more connected today than we've ever been connected before through the web. But that connection, I have said before and I'll say again, is superficially connected at best. It's those meaningful community relationships when we come and we do life and it's a brother or a sister or a friend in Christ or somebody at our church or we're new to the church and we just find community, we just find people that I want to be with. But then some people would say, you know, I feel like I'm the only one. Like I come in and, and like uh, if, if you're new to the church in the last six months, it might be that you're trying to develop your niche, your relationships, your friends and that community and we're in that break of small groups where we'll resume in January. That'd be a great time to try to maybe get in with some new brothers and sisters in Christ. I was reading about Mother Teresa and uh, somebody asked her, said, um, Mother Teresa, what can I do to have a really significant life? And I like her response. Her reply was, find your own Calcutta. You know, what, what? You know, because you know she cared for the needs of India, for the, for the poor, the poorest of the poor. It's, she, this is what she was saying. Find some people who need you and serve them well. I thought that was a great word for the church because if you're lonely, one of the ways to overcome loneliness is not to fixate on your uh, despondent attitude or your hurting or how it used to be. It's to think, how can I serve some people outside of myself? It's one of the things I love about our Christmas tree, the life tree. Y'all have done so well, church. I'm so proud of you. It's going to make a huge difference this next year for Save a Life and for the moms and and for the little babies that will come through that ministry, it's going to be awesome because people got outside themselves. But you may hear saying, well, I feel lonely. I, I feel unhappy. Maybe, maybe somebody in your family or your spouse or somebody's in the military and they've been deployed. Or maybe there's been an illness or maybe there's been a sickness or a death or just something. Or, or maybe just the season's been so busy, so festive, and you've just been running so hard. Like right now, there are some people right now, you've got me on the clock. You're, you're being kind. But you're telling me, Pastor, you have to hurry and get us out of here because I got to shop, shop, shop till I drop. And I got to go, go, go. And I got to go do this. I mean, I, I'm just curious. My wife and I had this discussion. How many of you are planning on getting a tree and you still haven't got a tree yet? Just raise your hand. I'm just curious who those people are. Okay, nobody in the room. Okay, I'll, you know, I've seen these tree lots around Montgomery and some people are kind of waiting. And I don't know, I'm thinking right now, if I hadn't put it up by now, it probably ain't going to happen. You know what I'm saying? You, you ought to see the tree at our house. We love, we decorate the Monday prior to Thanksgiving because we enjoy the month of it. And this year our trees, are, it's beautiful, but it's, it's drying out a little bit. Y'all need to pray for it. Okay, let's go on. Here we go. So loneliness, where do I belong? It's kind of the question of the decade. People are always asking themselves, lonely. I even read about the sad disorder. Write down SAD. Seasonal affective disorder. Did you know they've come up with a, a terminology for how people, you, you are sad, brother. Sad, sister. What do you mean I'm sad? I have seasonal affective disorder. It's just, it's just time of the year, just all this stress, just all this craziness. The Mayo Clinic came up with this. So then people run, they gravitate to things that they think will give them pleasure temporarily. And usually it turns into alcohol or drugs or addictions or crazy behavior that leads into a cycle, to a pattern of depression and discouragement and, and possibly even suicide. I mean, it's just not good. 
There, there, there's that song Elvis made famous, matter of fact, and then Celine Dion and Kelly Clarkson and everybody else redid it. What kind of Christmas? A red Christmas? I'm going to have a blue Christmas. Now we're going to watch Elvis. No, we're not either. Okay. You know, if you want to get depressed, I promise you, go YouTube having a blue Christmas this afternoon and you blue snowflakes. Man, is that not gross? That sounds like toxic environment, you know? But we're going to have a blue, 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 blue Christmas. Now, if you want to have fun, this tells you a lot about the depth of your pastor. Go Google Porky Pig's Blue Christmas. Not right now, not during the service. And it'll kind of change it up for you. It's a little funnier, okay? But some people are going to have a blue Christmas if they don't make Christ the focus. And they don't make room for him to help them with that loneliness. And I don't know, there, there's a section here that I want us to look at. Turn over to Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, maybe you're already there, you got your finger there wondering, hey, is pastor going to get there? And I want to read it to you today from a little different translation from the message. And I want you to hear these words. And then Jesus entered and he walked through Jericho. And there, there was a man, his name was Zacchaeus, and the head tax man, and quite rich, and he wanted desperately to see Jesus. But the crowd was in his way, and he was a short man, and he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. Zacchaeus, he was a wee little man. I mean, how would you like to be known as, I'm the wee little man in Scripture? I mean, man, I'd be depressed too. I'd have some blues, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just saying, okay? You know, I did some study on this. And there were so many people that were about five foot tall in that day. And he might have been under five foot. So, I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay, let's go on. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and he, he said, Zacchaeus here, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. And Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck. He delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damage. Jesus said, Today, salvation day is in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to find and restore that which was lost. Now, it's a little different than your translation, but you know that story of Zacchaeus. And I was thinking about our time together for a, a gospel for Christmas, and, and I thought, Zacchaeus, he has a pretty good story, but Zacchaeus was lonely. Now, Zacchaeus invited a lot of loneliness on himself. Zacchaeus was, was a crook. You can go ahead and write it in, in the margin. I mean, he took advantage of people. He, he robbed people. He cheated people. When, when Zacchaeus walked by, I'm just thinking, I bet some people wanted to kick this little guy when he came by. I mean, he's like the town crook. He's a tax collector. So Zacchaeus, I don't, I'm not sure Zacchaeus had a lot of friends. Maybe other tax collectors, and maybe they didn't even like him. I don't know. But he was curious. He was curious about Jesus. He, he had heard about Jesus, I'm sure. The, the news of Jesus spread through all the communities, through all the villages, and he, he knew about Jesus. He didn't know what he was going to do with Jesus, but he was curious about Jesus so the Bible says here was this little man and he, he ran. Let me tell you, in Roman days, in this time of scripture, you did not run. A dignity tax collector surely didn't run. Maybe he ran from people getting stoned, but he didn't run. And this little guy ran through the crowd to get up in a tree because he wanted to get a good look. He wanted to see this Jesus he'd been hearing about. 
It's one that had been prophesied that would come, but here's the one, and he's hearing about it. He's like, man, I, I need to have an encounter with this guy. Did you, did you know this morning, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Write it in your notes. Zacchaeus means pure, innocent, and righteous. Is that not hilarious in itself? I'm going to name you Zacchaeus, for you will be pure one. I think he missed it the first part of his life. You will be righteous one. You will be innocent one. He was everything but these things. But I love what Jesus does. When Jesus calls us, when Jesus names us, he makes us who we are when we submit and surrender to him. Zacchaeus did become what his name meant. But we were just quick to kind of run through. And I mean, you know, they, these great taxes of the day to the Roman kingdom. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Pole, income, import, road, harbor, fish, ground, cart, breathing, taxes galore we think we have taxes they have a much higher tax rate it was, it was just it was bad but Zacchaeus you know what else he was he was courageous Zacchaeus was childlike and Jesus said unless you become like a little child you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven so I like what Zacchaeus did I mean he just admitted you know what I've ruined a lot of people's lives I've taken advantage of so many people but you know I need to, I need to stop that because it's Jesus, he's real and he loves me and he cares about me. And this courageous guy, just when I, when I look at him, when, you know, just to come to Jesus, just to say, you know, I want to change. I don't want to stay where I am. See, this morning, I think coming to faith in Christ takes courage. That I'm sick and tired of being lonely and discouraged and depressed and by myself and I want the Savior. And Zacchaeus was willing to admit that he didn't have it all together, that he needed it. I mean, Sometimes we get criticized. Sometimes we, people put us on blogs and they blog about you or you blog about yourself. I don't know. And you just, you know, you're like, man, things just aren't working for me. And I've, and I've just failed. And I'm just afraid of what God might do in my life. Well, that'd be the thing you need to run to. But here's this, here's this little guy. And he just knows, you know what? I'm pretty much a failure. I've, uh, I've hurt people. I've taken advantage of people. I've ruined their families. Uh, so many of them were peasant, poor, and I charge them uh, exorbitant tax rates for my wealth and personal enjoyment. And I shouldn't have done that, but he did. So he realized that the Bible says that Zacchaeus, salvation's come to your house. It's just a, it's a beautiful thing. I, I want you to fill in a couple of, fill this in. He was a tax collector. He was wealthy and he was tiny. He was, he, I'm just telling you like, you're like, pastor, why are you hung up on this guy being small? I love small people. I love big people. I really love big people now. I'm, I'm getting bigger all the time, you know? But I love people. But Jesus loved this little guy. And here's what I want you to see. I, I want you to just look real quick at this outline. You matter. God sees you. God saw Zacchaeus in the tree. God being Jesus. He, he saw this guy. He, he loved him. He, he cared about him. He, he had something for him. And the Bible says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. So he, so he came near for him. I don't know about you, but that means we all have a measure to uh, ascribe to, to that we want to fit with and we fall short and we miss the mark and we have sin and all that. And it just gets nasty and he falls short of the glory of God. Romans 3, but not this guy. He's like, okay, I probably, I was thinking about Zacchaeus this week. I bet Zacchaeus probably didn't like himself. I mean, at the point after he comes to the end of himself and he sees Jesus and he's looking for him, He's probably like, you know, Jesus, why would you take me? Man, I'm, I'm not a very nice person. 
I think about me before I came to Christ. I mean, I, who I am in Christ today, sometimes I don't like me. I certainly didn't like me before Christ, and I don't know where you are in that, but you know what I, I wrote in here? You matter. God sees you. Just fit that in there. You matter. God, God sees you. See, Zacchaeus was looking for Jesus, but Jesus knew exactly where Zacchaeus was. And this morning, that's the good news. You're lonely. You're in a tough situation. God's not forgotten you. He sees you down there. He, he's looking for you. He's I, I, I wrote this down. You may feel like you're out on a limb, but Jesus knows. He, you may feel all alone, but Jesus stops and notices you're not forgotten. You're not alone. Oh, I love that. Look at the second one. You matter because God knows you. He didn't always see you, but he knows your frame. He made you. He formed you in your mother's womb. He knows all about you. He knows your past, your present, and your future steps. And yet God still loves us, and God yet still came for us, the, the rescue of heaven. It's the, the story of Christmas, and I get pretty excited about God knowing me and still loving me and still saying, you know, I've not forgotten you. Keith, you're not alone. You know, somebody write that in there today. I'm not alone. Jesus is alive in me if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower today. You are not by yourself this season. And there might not be some people in your life that were here Maybe it's a spouse that the Lord has taken home and they're not here. Or there's a, a, somebody, a grandparent or an uncle or aunt or mom or dad or some of them or, or people are away this season and they're not going to be able to come home for Christmas. But the good news is God, God is there. He is here. I, wh what was the song we just sang? Chris just led us in the song. You are absent now. Huh, you are here now. How many of you are excited that Jesus is here right now? Yeah, right now, you're saying, whew, he's got some work to do. I know. On us and in us. You know, when I was thinking about God knows you, no tear that you shed can be hidden from Jesus. Every tear that you and I shed, every hurtful word that passes from our lips, Jesus knows. Jesus knows everything. And I'm saying, Lord, what, what can I do? I, I don't want to run away from you. Lord, I know I'm valuable to you. I like what it says. It says that God never overlooks a single sparrow. He pays even greater attention to you down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head, says the scripture. When a sparrow falls, I know, says Jesus. When you fall, when you're discouraged, when you lose hope, Jesus is there if you'll just look to him. So this Christmas, you're saying, man, I... You know, you tell me I'm valuable. Well, God tells me that you're valuable. God tells you and I, if we'll read his word, that we're valuable to him enough to be the recipient of rescuing. I like that. So God wants to rescue you and me, even though we ridiculed and rejected him and put him on a cross in our sin. But yet Jesus just says this morning, hey, hey, pure one, come to me. I'll make you whiter than snow. I'll make you right. I'll, I'll get things right in your heart. You're saying, but I don't know. Can I, can I get close to Jesus? Oh, this Christmas, if you don't decide to get close to Jesus, then you're going to miss the whole reason for this season of celebration. You might get every present you ask for. You might get everything on your list. Everybody might be gracious to you. You might be able to give every gift that you want to give and on and on and on. And life is going great for you. That's awesome. And you're saying, well, I'm not in that camp. I'm not getting anything I wanted or I've been bad this year and, you know, naughty list thing. You know, I don't know. Aren't you glad God doesn't have a naughty list? How about you? I mean, can you imagine if God, God's naughty list? I'd be over there sitting on that one because I'm sinful and so are you. 
And Christ comes to give us new hearts and new perspective and new life. And he says, you're a new creation in Christ. Behold, all things are new. The old is gone. The, the new has come. How many of you want a new heart for Christmas? Oh, about 10 of you. Okay. I hope we all want new hearts. So, Lord, do something in this place that's significant. Lord, I want to be curious. Look at this next one. You matter. God invites himself to his home. I like that. It's the only place that I know of that Jesus invites himself. They're usually saying, Mary and Martha, Jesus, come to our house and have fried chicken and squash. And I'm making all that up. I don't know what they had. They, they, they ate, okay, with Jesus. You know what? Jesus invites himself to this boy's house. And the thing is, the scripture is very quick to, to say that everybody's like, oh, Jesus. The guest, the lover of sinners. You eat with Zacchaeus. I don't know, that gives me great hope. I'm glad Jesus loves people like you and me. I'm glad Jesus wants to come to our house. And when I look there, I'm thinking about, man, Jesus, you invite yourself to our homes. Jesus, the Bible says that you are the bread of life and you invite us to have a face-to-face -face with you. Wow. So this Christmas, are you, are you drawing near to Jesus? Are you having that face-to-face -face encounter with him? that he's even loving tax collectors. But look at the fourth one. You matter, God offers salvation. And I've told you before, salvation just means deliverance. It means freedom. And God offers deliverance this day, this Christmas season. God offered salvation to change the heart of Zacchaeus. But that, hey, it's not just a story for a wee little man. It's a story for this man and for you. God offers his very best. He, he gives it up for us. You know, when Jesus goes to the cross and he stretches out his arms and he dies and he's, he's scarred up and he's all hurt for us, Jesus is going, you know what? I care for the marginalized of this world. I care deeply for you. I'm, I'm just wondering seven re several reasons we're lonely. And it could be death. It could be divorce. It could be we're getting older and a lot of our friends have died. I don't know. It could be failure. It could be conflict. It could be special needs I've got. It could be... I've, I've only been here a short time, and I don't know any people in Montgomery, on and on and on. But Zacchaeus, he had his reasons, and I bet he could say, well, here's, here's my little list. Here's why I'm so lonely. Mainly because I just do people wrong, and, you know, when I come in, people kick me. I mean, can you imagine every week went people kicking him? I mean, you'd be like, Zacchaeus, come to our church. We'll kick you, and you can sit in the back. No, Zacchaeus would probably, he'd probably be right down here. I said, man, I just want to know about Jesus, because he... I've been hearing about him, but one day he changed me. He changed my heart. Man, you know what I'm going to do? Salvation is so real to me. I'm going I'm to give back all that. I'm, I'm going to pay back four times. I'm going to go above the law. I'm going I'm to do the right thing. I'm going to demonstrate salvation. I'm going to demonstrate the freedom of God. You know what the story of Christmas is? God comes near. He just comes near. Emmanuel, we sing it all the time. I was listening to it this morning. I love that song, Emmanuel. Here he is. He's with us. He's got it. Are you glad God's got this? How about you? Anybody glad that God's got this thing figured out? I am. Because I, I, I can't even figure out when I'm going to eat next week. You know what I'm saying? I can't even figure out how to do this. I can't figure that. I mean, I, I can't figure out very much. But I can ask him for guidance and wisdom like you can, and God can show us, and he can lead us on the path of righteousness. You know what I'm to do, though? If you're lonely this morning, you can run to the company of Jesus and he can meet loneliness in you. And he can fill a void that is there. Because you're saying, well, pastor, I'm going to run to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And I'm going to have my heart content. You are not. 
Pastor, I have 175 followers. I'd go, wow, aren't you special? How's that working for you about 2 o'clock in the morning? Well, you know, everybody goes to bed. I don't know, you know, I'm just by myself. How about in the middle of the day? Well, I don't know, there's a few. They post all day. I don't think they work. I think all they do is post. Oh, excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. Okay. No, how about Jesus? He's, he's 24-7. He's, he's a prayer way. He's a heartbeat away. Just, just call him, just to draw near. I love that. Jesus, you're, you're the king that is so near. Your, your presence, you can empathize with me. Because in your agony on the cross, the Father was with you. And your presence is with us this morning. If we'll just draw near. So Christmas, we overcome loneliness. I mean, I don't know what the news is. I don't know what all the meaningless activity is. Or if you medicate or self-medicate or do whatever just to try to, to get through another day. But I know this. Jesus is not a magic genie. That, you know, we, he does what we tell him to do. Did you ever watch that uh, show, I Dream of Jeannie? You know, she was in the, okay, you're in church. All right, whatever. All right. You know, she was in that bottle, you know, and she'd come out, you know, and she'd, she'd serve Major Nelson or whatever. Well, that's not Jesus, okay? He, he doesn't do that. He's not here to serve our little every whim. He is here to guide us. He is here to love us. He is here to center our lives on him. He is here to be worshiped. He is here to be adorned this season in majesty and the glory of the season and of the day. And, 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 and this look here, maybe this will help you in the middle. Some suggestions to cope with Christmas loneliness. Spend some time with people. You know, I, I was just thinking about just spend some time with other people. You're saying, well, but I'm lonely. I'm sad. Well, find an excuse to go be with some people that might help kind of push out the loneliness look at the next one exercise on a regular basis get your heart pumping get the blood flowing it, it clears your mind I know this every uh holiday season a lot of us like to participate in food and do I have a witness and the church said and and you feel so good when you get through stuffing yourself you do not you feel gross Girls go, I feel bloated. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's nauseating. So maybe take a walk. Maybe you can do something. I don't know. You say, yeah, I'm going to take another walk to the kitchen and get some more food. I mean, you know, I, I can watch it this season when, when you eat a little more food and you get real happy. And then you get real sad. And you get real sleepy. Have you ever noticed that you sleep more during the holidays? I wonder what that's about. Okay, here it is. Spend time, eat, exercise regularly, eat right. Oh, uh, well, let's not talk about that. Overindulgence. Okay, look at the next one. Turn the lights on. I don't understand it. You're saying, Pastor, I'm so sad. I'd be sad too if I walked in dark rooms all the time. You know, on the staff here, we have a young staff, and I, they're, they're amazing, but I don't figure this out. They're, they're going to figure out what I figured out, but it's because I'm older. You got to turn the lights on to see. Do, do I have a witness in the house this morning? And, and, and you, go, you go into Blake's office or you go into Jeff's or you go into somebody's office. And man, they'll, they're like, man, the light's kind of bright. You know, let's kind of calm it down. You know, it's, it's just kind of chill. It, it's awesome. The great thing is they're in there working and they can see. I, it, I go in there, man, I want to take a nap. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you turn my lights on. We, we used to have a guy here and he never had his lights on. And he's always here like, dude, why don't you turn the lights on? Going, gives me a headache, bro. I'm like, all right, man, that's awesome. Here's some Excedrin. Okay, here it is. Budget your gift spending. Hey, if you're lonely, you're going to get more lonely, man. Stick with your budget. I don't know. Get, get it to help you. Here, give to others. Volunteer. I even read this thing about this uh, guy in California. He said he was writing volunteerism prescriptions. Wouldn't that be cool if we just started writing volunteer prescriptions and giving them to you? 
you're like, no, that wouldn't be very cool. But the medical field has figured out that there's health in serving others. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundant. So one way we get out of the loneliness is we, we serve. And, and, and another one is seek counsel. Maybe you need some uh, professional help. And maybe that's going to be one of the things you'll do for the new year is to try to come out of this loneliness, depression, or discouragement. And the last one is, and I think it's the most important, you, you uh, develop spiritual roots. You just, just develop your spiritual life. You just, just develop who you are in Jesus. You just decide to grow your roots deep in him and move on and say, Lord, I surrender to you. Lord, you've given everything to me. I want to give you my life. Lord, I, I want to grow in your likeness. You know, it's a great word for 2016, for this season to get us started. But as we move into a new year, Lord, all this loneliness, it, it just kind of depresses me. It discourages me. You know, some of you this morning, you're like, you know, you're talking just to me. Oh, good. But I think I'm talking to all of us. Matter of fact, I was thinking about, um, I'm going to ask you a question. Raise your hand if within the last six months you've experienced, either for a short time or a little time, an extended season of time that your emotions would qualify as loneliness. Raise your hand. I'm holding mine up. Raise them high. Raise them up. Come on. I want you to look around. What does that tell me? Like, they need to go eat some sugar. No. You know what it tells me? Loneliness is common to people. And Jesus can help redeem that. He died for that. I'm like, Lord, we're not alone with you. You're, we can be in you. Lord, help us define what the problem is while we're lonely. Help us to not have an unbiblical view of loneliness. I, I right here, right under that, loneliness at its root is a spiritual issue. I, I really believe it is. You can pretty much track issues ultimately down to the root problem, and it's going to be a spiritual issue. And a lot of people don't like that. They're like, oh, you're a preacher. You're, of course, you're going to say that. But I really do think that there's, there's things going on inside of us. There's lack of things going on. There's lack of intimacy with Christ, and it's causing uh, depression or causing discouragement in our soul because we're not focusing on the Lord and how, how great he is and how awesome he is. And, and we run to people instead of running to Jesus. And, and you're saying, well, loneliness... Is it just an absence of people? No, not necessarily. You know, it could be the quantity or the quality of people, or some people tend to add meaning and value to your life. I, I certainly celebrate that, and, and I believe so many of you, you do that for one another, and, that, and that's awesome. But somewhere in there, we've just got to say, but Jesus, you're, you're the ultimate friend. You're, you're the companion. So this Christmas, I, I want to run to you. I want, I want to see you, Lord. I, I was reading Isaiah 9 too, and, and it's a, kind of a passage you share at Christmas, but listen to it. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And that light is the light and the hope of Christ. So this Christmas season, I'm praying that somewhere you're going to turn on the light of Christ. You're going to allow Christ to illuminate your heart. You're going to allow him to illuminate your situation. And you're going to draw strength and substance and vitality and joy from the king. And it's not going to be in anything that somebody can give you, but it's going to be in what Jesus gives you himself his presence i love the presence of jesus it's, it's what i long for it's what i long for you i, I want to choose it over everything else for the bible says that god has ordained light over darkness and he's come that we might have light and have it abundant and have it eternal in him it's an opportunity to display the glory of christ i know that loneliness will lead us to our deepest spiritual need and that's always going to end up in Jesus. 
So you're saying, well, yeah, pastor, man, you kind of nailed it on this. I'm, I am kind of lonely. Well, I'm saying it's as simple as running to Jesus. It's as simple as getting your device out or your iPad or iPod or your music or whatever it is, and you just begin to listen to the songs and the ministry and the music of the season. And you just let Jesus just fill your soul. It's going to be awesome. And that's what I'm praying. I mean, this, this, this week we're going to have candlelight, as we always do. It'll be our 20th candlelight here at Christ. I mean, if you're in town, I encourage you to come and come early and hopefully the place will pack out and you'll bring friends with you. Five o'clock is when we start. It's just an awesome way to get your heart ready. So, Lord, maybe I've got a problem here that I've run from you. Larry Crabb, the great writer, said, Seasons of personal suffering are opportunities for God to do his deepest work. It could be that in this time of toughness and uh, a place of uh, darkness or a place of loneliness, a place of uh, you, you just don't know where, where to turn. That's where God's doing a deeper work. You're, you're just, I'd ask you to ask Jesus, Jesus, would you define why I'm lonely and help me to identify with you? I just think the Lord wants to lift you and I out of that. And, and, and I love this thought. I'm going to ask Chris and them to come. Jesus just wants to spend time at your house. I'm back to this little story about Zacchaeus. See, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. Man, he did. And I just happen to believe that Zacchaeus and Jesus had a fine time. It was awesome, especially for Zacchaeus. And I'm thinking this Christmas, man, Jesus is just saying, you know what? I want to come to your house. Lord Jesus, I forgot to invite you. I've invited my uncles and aunts and, and cousins and, and enemies and neighbors and everybody. I forgot to invite you. Lord Jesus, come. Come to my house. I'm thinking this this morning. Is, uh, you're drowning maybe. You need a rescue. It's called Christmas. And Christ has come that we could have eternal life with him. And... Uh, you know, maybe he's coming to you this morning through the conversation I'm having with you as I try to proclaim some of these words about overcoming loneliness. There's even growth work, your journey for you to look at and uh, maybe work through that this week. I know that God's after you. He wants to save you. I'm just wondering, have you pinned your hopes on Jesus? Have you put all your hope in Christ? Have you made him the Savior and the Lord of your life? Will you return to Jesus this Christmas or just push him away again? You know, maybe you're hopeless, you're helpless, and Christ says, come. I want to come to your house. I want to dwell with you. I want to have fellowship. You're, maybe there's a lot of pain. Maybe, maybe you want to exchange pain for the presence of Jesus this Christmas. And say, Jesus, would you come and be my friend? Would you come and dwell in me and be my Savior and Lord? You know what? I've been praying I've been praying God would rescue some hearts this Christmas season. That salvation would come to our house of faith. And it would come to you personally. And you would grab hold of Jesus. And that there would be repentance in your heart and confession for the one that saves you. And you'd say, Jesus, would you just wash your blood over me and make me fit for heaven and clean? Would you come and make my heart your home? Because I've run long enough and I'm pretty lonely. But I want to come home for Christmas. 
Maybe you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, but you've drifted, you've wandered with the world. And Jesus is saying this Christmas, I want to come to your house, I want to come back. Would you come home? Can you do this? Could you, could you just bow your heads across the living room? And could some of you, just to let me know of how to pray for you this season, would you just lift your hands across the living room if you need to return or you need to come home to Christ, would you just lift your hand up high if that's a desire of yours? Could you do that? God, God sees you, that's right. Is there anybody else? Jesus, I wanna come home. It's not working so well for me, but I want the blessed Savior. Lord Jesus, you see this one today and I don't know where they're at on their journey, but I pray they would make that simple plea to say, Jesus, save me, Jesus, come home. Jesus, have your way in my heart. Be my Lord. I believe in my heart that you died for me and I confess you with my mouth. Jesus is my Lord. And the Bible says you'll be saved. That's the hope of Christmas. Chris is going to lead us in a great song right now. King of heaven. Would, would you stand across the living room this morning? Let's all sing this song with the worship team today. But let's don't be quick to run out of here. Let's just be quick to say, Lord, I want your presence.